Hi, folks. Steve Urban here. Today's episode of the RouterFlex podcast is sponsored by Marketing 360. My good friend J.B. Kellogg and his team do such a fantastic job for us and so many other companies. Marketing 360 is the number one platform for small business, and it's everything you need to grow your business. If you need marketing support, I really encourage you to contact them at marketing360.com slash writerflex, and we'll add that link to the description of this episode for easy reference. Derek Forbes on the Rider Flex podcast today. How you doing, Derek? Hey, Steve. I am great. Thank you for having me on the show. I love that accent. So, so that's the first thing I want to talk about. That's the New Zealand accent, right? That's right. Yeah, I'm a Kiwi, as, as we're called, living in Los Angeles. I've been here for about 10 years. About 10 years. Okay. Um, well, talk yeah. to us. Before we get into Stardust and your career, talk to us, uh, uh, you know, give us some personal stuff, uh, your family, where you grew up, you know, stuff like that real quick. Yeah, well, I, um, I grew up in New Zealand. And um, so that's where my family are from. And um, what, what part? Uh, in Auckland. Auckland's okay. the, the biggest, biggest city down there. Um, beautiful part of the world. And um, I mean, yeah, New Zealand's just a, a great country generally, but a really good place to grow up and um, went to school and, and university there. Um, but uh, joined a company in the software industry, a startup actually, when I was right out of college called Vista. Well, hold, well, hold, well, hold on a minute. I want to ask you about your family. I want yeah. to, I want right. you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to tell me, so are you the only kid? What'd your parents do? Let's talk about that first. <laughs> <laughs> I have two brothers. I have an older brother and a younger brother. They're, they're both in tech as well. Okay. Um, and, um, and my dad's an engineer. Yeah, okay. my, my parents are both still in New Zealand. Are they? Are they? Are, are they? Okay. Do they, do they miss? I'm sure you miss them, right? How often do you go back? Uh, I get back about once a year normally. Um, I spoke to them just last night, though. They're, uh, they're good. And, uh, you know, they had all these travel plans for this year, but they're having second thoughts now with, uh, you know, Right. Virus breaking out all over the world. <laughs> right, right, exactly. It's killing the travel plans. By the way, what's I see, there's some there's a little bit of background noise. Sounds like somebody's building something on the side. What, what what's going on there? You know what? Um, there's a ping pong table right outside the door of this meeting room. And, oh, uh, oh, there is. Okay, for the listeners, we got ping pong action going on. Wow, yeah. is that part of the office environment? Uh, it is. That's right. It's, that's uh, sweet. It's like, uh, LA tech startup. Environment. <laughs> that's a cool thing. Okay. Well, sorry. I didn't mean to get off track. So two brothers, your dad was a, a, an engineer, a software engineer or, or not? Uh, no, a, um, a chemical engineer, actually. He, uh, okay. he specialized in building paper mills. Um, oh. Doing oh. wood and paper. And um, yeah, so that was actually pretty interesting because uh, kind of took him on projects all around the world building those. Is he retired? He is now. Yeah, that's right. And all three of the boys are in tech. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, wow, wow. Kind of up there. Mm -hmm. Okay, then how about yeah. yourself? Are you single, married, kids? What's going on? I can, you know, this is not a this is not a regular job candidate <laughs> interview, so I can ask you whatever. <laughs> sure. um, I have a girlfriend um, here in LA. We've been together for about a year, almost a year and a half, actually. Yeah, year, year and a half, and she's from there. She is, yeah. Um, well, now you had, but you had the accent. Right? I mean, so you were just, you were just automatically like, I mean, you just go out, you start talking, and the girls just come over to you, probably. I mean, uh, it's not a bad thing in LA. <laughs> I definitely hated that. <laughs> uh, very good. Okay, I had no kids yet. 
Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. I just wanted to get some personal stuff real quick before we jumped into the career. Okay. So you, you go to, to Auckland University in New Zealand. You major in, in computer science. Mm-hmm. You know right away you want to be in tech. I mean, you, you, that was your goal right away? Yeah. Well, um, I, I did two degrees, actually, in, in uh, computer science and in business. And um, I see that. Okay. I actually, yeah, I chose that based on talking to um, actually a my older brother's best friend uh, who, who gave me some advice and, you know, he, he said, if you want to, if you want to join a company that can like grow really quickly and you can be part of that journey of, of building something up and, and potentially even benefiting uh, financially in that, then tech is the only industry that well, more or less the only industry that, that you can kind of, conceivably do that and um and i liked that idea and and so i kind of followed what he had done at university and um see yeah so yes that that was kind of the plan um and i also you know was kind of tech oriented and liked computer science oh you did okay okay great so did you like teach yourself like how to code in high school even before college or no a a little bit my older brother actually was way into that and so really like yeah got a bit off him okay that's um Okay. Yeah. All right. And then, and then what, how, how did you get to Vista Entertainment Solutions? Did they recruit you or how, how'd you get there? Well, so while I was at university, I needed a summer job, um, ah. a part-time job to kind of pay for beer and stuff. All right. And, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, yeah. so I went to the student's job office and uh, there was this company advertising for a part-time software developer to help them um write some things and um it was this little company called vista which was just i was the the fifth person to join that uh, when i joined what okay i didn't know that wow now that's a story right there is because how many employees do they have now well a lot it's a big public company now with over 800 people around the world Um, wow you were employee number five holy cow okay wow and and when you, when you went to talk to them, were they like, hey, well, listen, we're going to be an entertainment company? And you're, you're thinking, yeah, okay, I, whatever. I just need a little job to – you yeah, probably had no idea they were going to be that big, right? Well, sure, yeah. I mean, they were, they were doing software for movie theaters, um, doing like ticketing and point-of-sale software. And they had, a, they had some customers in New Zealand, but, you know, it's a small country, so there's not that many cinemas there. Okay, <laughs> um, okay. But, yeah, so it, it seemed like a pretty kind of quirky sort of niche industry, but <laughs> – a fun one and um and i liked the people and i liked that it was a small company and um they had global ambitions even then um and that's exactly what happened we kind of wow ended up being the kind of dominant provider in that software space all around the world and you moved up there over the years you started in what 2000 right Mm -hmm. and and you moved up you just one promotion after another until (laughs) Until eventually you ended up becoming, what, the president in the U.S.? Walk us through a little bit of that. Sure. So, well, I, um, I became a product manager. And what happened was um, we had all of these different new customers coming on in different parts of the world. And it's a pretty um, complicated piece of software, I suppose, and, and not something that like, – so something that you need some knowledge of, the, of the, how it works in order to get a new – company up and running on it. And so mm-hmm. I ended up being one of the people that got sent to India and Venezuela and 
all of these yep. far flung places around the world as we as we signed customers up and had to train them on how to use it and, and get it going. You know why? You know why you got sent? Because not only not only were you a developer and you could you could you could do it yourself, but you could communicate in regular language to customers and get them to sign up. That, <laughs> that's how I'm I glad you think so. thank you. That that's how I define product managers, right? Biz dev product managers. I define those people as they, they can they can go over here and talk to the developers and do all the tech stuff and then they can go over here in layman's terms and close the deal with a CEO that is not a tech guy. Beautiful. So all right, right so, so you start yep. so then, go ahead. <laughs> well I was gonna say so then what happened is we um we managed to land a really big deal in the UK with one of the biggest cinema chains there and um and then we we took the decision that we needed to have our to open an office there. That, that was our first office outside of New Zealand and I was the guy we happened to be there for that project. And so I happened to, I kind of fell into being the guy that started that office and ran it. Sweet. Um, I was 25 at the time and I really had no idea how, how, how to do it. How, how old? The 25. 25? Go, <laughs> what? <laughs> Go open the UK office at 25. Wow. All right. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like looking back now, I, there were so many things I just had no clue about, but I kind of like, Kept going and I figured it out. <laughs> wow, wow. And you're learning, I mean, right, you're learning how to manage people even and just all of it, right? I mean, wow. You're hiring, leasing office space, um, trying wow. to sell for the first time, um, just everything, really. Every, every business skill that I didn't have a clue about. Congratulations. That's great. All right, really cool. All right, and then how long were you there? I was there for three and a half years. Um, and then, um, so we grew that office to a, you know, it was only about eight people when I left. Um, and then um, briefly went back to New Zealand. Uh, and then we took the decision that we needed to open a, a US office because that was kind of the big um, gap in our worldwide market share. Like we were doing really well in all these other places, but we had pretty much nothing in America. And we, we realized that um, unlike most countries, we really needed to have an office in America in order to make any dance there. And so, I mean, I mean it's, you're in the entertainment business. I mean, Los Angeles, like you got to be there, right? I would think, right. I would think, yeah. right? Okay. Is this your idea? Are you going to the executive team saying, hey, we need, we need the U.S. or it's just kind of a group effort? Um, well, it was, I, I was certainly pushing for it and, and recommending it. Um, and but you know it was the decision of our ceo and founder murray probably probably because you were in your late 20s and you thought man as a single guy as an executive for vista entertainment i get to move to la and uh, i yeah i mean why not (laughs) yeah it didn't seem like such a bad thing right (laughs) so good i love it yeah i love it so i ended up here and they tapped you and said go open the, the u.s office that's right yeah and um so I moved here and I didn't know anybody. We didn't have any customers here. It was uh, kind of like, it, it was a challenging experience for sure. Um, no network at all. Um, Where was your office? Like in your apartment? <laughs> um, well, no. So we actually started out, we, we had previously had a reseller here in, in LA. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. But we just hadn't been getting a lot of traction that way, but um, they were in the industry. And so we, sh- we shared a little bit of space from their office in Hollywood uh, at first. All right, very cool. I like it. Now, so now you're in Los Angeles, and now you're now you're knocking down new deals, right? Yeah, and the thing about the cinema industry is uh, in the U.S. is that the, there's all these regional chains that are just located all over the country, um, uh-huh, uh-huh. and kind of 
far-flung far -flung places. And so um, there was a lot of flying involved. <laughs> a good amount are, of time on planes. Are you, are you a million mile guy? Um, I think I almost am. I, but I didn't consolidate on one airline until a few uh, years into that, which was my mistake. But, uh, but just about, yeah. Gotcha. All right. Wow, great career uh, at Vista. So you stay, correct me if I'm wrong, you stay through 2016. And then what happens? Uh, talk to me about Vista Group Limited, mm -hmm. because th then I think you jump to that. Walk us through that transition, if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah, so Vista, um, I suppose we, um, I don't remember the exact year. It was kind of around 20. 11, 2012, we started to think about um, the future of how we were going to continue to grow because we were starting to approach not, not complete um, market share saturation, but starting to certainly have a plurality of market share and, and want to think about how we would continue to grow um, beyond just that, that core business we had at the time. And okay. so okay. we started to invest in some um, products and companies that were adjacent to us in the industry and, um, and formed Vista Group, which was kind of the, the parent company for, for Vista and some of those other companies. Um, and that was also around the time that we listed on the stock exchange in New I Zealand. See. I see. Yeah. I see. I see. Okay. Very good. And so, so I became chief operating officer of Vista Group, which was the, the parent company in 2016. And uh, you still are today? Uh, yeah, but only for about another week and a half <laughs> uh, another week another week and a half because you went to the board and the ceo and you said hey i want to do my own thing i'm ready to do something else and i got this idea stardust okay perfect transition let's so so walk us into how stardust entertainment the app came to be walk us through it go ahead sure well it kind of had dual origins um on the business side you know i was um in the entertainment industry here in la and right um Right. And spending time with executives, marketing executives in particular at, um, at studios and the cinema companies and um, kept hearing about the challenges that were involved when they release a new title, uh, whether it's a movie or a TV show. And in terms of um, how to identify uh, an audience of people that would be likely to be interested in that title and then to connect with those people and make them aware of it. Um, I, I see. Yeah, that's one of the reasons that... Um, their franchises are so popular because they already know who that audience is. And so they can kind of get those same people back again. Okay. Um, with other titles, that's not the case. And so, um, so that was kind of one angle of it. It's like, well, what if we had a, a place where people kind of shared their interests in using some AI and data, we can kind of work out who's likely to be interested in this new title based on what they've liked in the past. Now, these are conversations you're having with some of your clients, some of your, some of your marketing buddies in the entertainment. This is stuff you're tossing around over, over a period of time. Um, Correct. Yeah. And then, and then I guess the other angle was kind of from a, a user perspective myself, like, um, you know, a few years ago when Game of Thrones was like huge and right, I was right. a big fan. And, you know, every time I watched an episode, I would want to, go and talk to anyone else who was a big fan and kind of talk about what just happened and theories and right um and there just wasn't really a good place where i could kind of do that and um and so that was the other thing that sort of led to this idea of having an entertainment oriented social platform and and was that you did you just i mean did you eventually say well, all right i'm gonna build i'm gonna build an app for this i mean was it you was it some buddies is there a co-founder is it just you 
Um, it, it's primarily me. There, there were some other people who I was having those conversations with who um, are friends of mine in the industry. Um, okay. A couple of people who invested a bit of money, but primarily me. Okay. So then um, you get this idea and you make, you decide, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I want to, what made you want to walk away from, I mean, hell, you probably could have stayed at Vista forever, right? I mean, you were employee number five. You're, you're giving up your big salary over there, all that comfy, you know, you know, the cushion of uh, benefits and equity or whatever, shares of stock, which you probably have since you were employee number five. Well, and you're going to walk away from all that and start your own thing. It's totally risky, right? I mean, scary. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And um, objectively, it, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons not to do that. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the more successful you are in a, inside a company, um, the, the bigger a risk and the more you're leaving to, to go away and, and start a startup. Um, but um, you're ready though. You started it what, two years? You, you, you kind of eased into it, right? Cause you started in 2017. Yeah, I, yeah, that's right. We've been building it uh, and I've sort of been doing that part-time whilst also um, being in Vista. So that, that certainly helps in terms of de-risking a little bit. Um, was but, Vista, was, was Vista like, Hey, Hey bro, uh, you, how much time are you spending on that other gig? Gig because we they've been very supportive. So they were actually our first investor, uh, other than myself. oh, perfect, perfect, yeah. perfect, perfect. Okay. Yeah, so so um, you know they're, they're well aware of it and they're supportive. Of it. I see. Very right. good. Very you, yeah. you you made them a partner early on. Good for you. Good exactly. for you. Yeah. And then you got it going. And how long did it take you to get to revenue for Stardust? I'm guessing you got revenue coming in now. No, we're we're, we're oh, you're still pre-revenue. Pre yeah. Okay. So we've been building it for a couple of years and fleshing out the functionality. Um, but now we're just ready to start ramping it up and um, getting it in front of a, a much larger um, group of users. Um, and and yeah, there's, there's certainly no shortage of ways to monetize it once we get to the number oh. of users that we're targeting. Oh, yeah. I mean, so what happened? Eventually, you got it to a point where you just went to the board at Vista and said, look, if, if we're going to make if we're going to make Stardust go, I, I have to I have to just go all in. It's time for me to go all in at this point. And is that what happened? And I'm guessing since they were investors, they were finally like, finally, like, yeah, go for it. Essentially. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. OK. OK. How many. Um, so t give the give the, the listeners a, a quick overview like today. As of today, give mm -hmm. us the give us the two minute Stardust overview go for it yeah well it's a social platform that's um all about movies and tv shows so you can go there and um see what other people are saying about the latest episode of your favorite show um you can read articles and and see um people's reactions if they've just walked out of the movie theater and what they what they were saying about a movie um and the the experience is customized around all of the titles that you're into so you can follow you know if you're into um Mm -hmm. and and game of thrones and the new netflix love is blind then you know that's an eclectic mix of things but you you follow the things that you're into and then your home feed will be tailored to that and you'll see um only stuff about the, the titles that you're interested in. and then it also has a discovery aspect so based on the titles that you like you know there's this sea of content that's out there now on all of these streaming platforms um and so we've we've used some machine learning to help give you tailored recommendations of what you might want to watch next based on how you've rated uh, titles that you've seen so far. I see. Okay. Very good. So my wife is a huge walking dead fan, which I'm oh, not, yeah. which I'm not, but my wife, my wife is. So what you're telling me is so layman's terms here for me. So what you're saying is she's, she watches an episode 
and she's she's she, it's that's that's hitting her phone she can comment on it she can make a video about it she can see what other people are saying about the show etc and then also once she's in there if other shows like that are coming around she'll get she'll say it, it'll tell her it'll be like hey by the way if you like walking dead you're also going to like this blah 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 is that um yeah so we have a we have a recommendation section and every week we we basically give each user five titles that we know that they're going to love based on the titles that they've liked so far. And I we see. refresh that each week. So, so you know, if you're sitting at home on a Thursday wondering, well, what should I watch now? And you don't want to just endlessly scroll through Netflix and land on, you know, some dating show. Right, <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> you, have, you can go in there and we'll give you five solid recommendations that we are pretty confident that you're going to love and will not regret spending your time on. Do you have your revenue plan built or are you still pivoting a little bit? I mean, do you know what you're going to, are you going to charge like the, the studios to pitch certain, like how, what's the revenue stream? Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's going to be um, advertising based and, and primarily about um, targeting people with content that they're interested in. So, that, so it's a model that actually works well for the users as well because they want to discover this kind of content. Um, but it, that can also be funded by the studios that are looking to market this content to audiences. I see. Mm -hmm. So when I knew we were going to do the interview, I downloaded the app, of course, and studied, right. studied everything, right? And I, I'm playing around with it and stuff. My immediate reaction was, I'm 52, so I don't know what your target age group is. I'm guessing younger than me. But um, my immediate reaction was, wow, this is, this is like... Uh, I don't know if you're going to hate me for saying this, or maybe you're going to correct me for saying this. My immediate reaction was, this is like TikTok for movie lovers, almost, kind of. Is that, is that, a, is that do you hate that? I don't hate that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, well, TikTok's ex been exploding lately, so I mean, it's, it's, certainly it's, don't hate any comparisons with that. Um, it's, but, um, right, it's, it's the most exploding app on the planet, I think. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, so that, you know, some people have described it as, like Instagram, Instagram meets Yelp for movies and TV, but okay. yeah, it's sure. It's, it's, yeah, certainly there's a, there's a strong video aspect to it. Um, but, but ultimately it's a social platform all about movies and TV. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it, but it lets people create videos of themselves, which is the hot thing right now. Like every, mm -hmm. everybody wants to be on video. Everybody's, everybody's walking around and making a video. <laughs> you know, they're, they're all doing it. Right. So it's perfect timing. I mean, that's what I thought when I saw your app. I was like, well, hell, this is like what everybody loves doing right now. And everybody loves movies and TV. So perfect. Uh, so nobody else doing this? You got any competitors? Not really. Uh, not, not in the same kind of vein. I mean, I, I think social discussions about movies and TV are certainly happening in other places. Oh, like yeah. Facebook and Twitter and, and yeah. so forth. But, but no one that's really doing it in the same specialized way that kind of organizes it by episode and makes it just really accessible. Is there anything in there that's like patented or trademark stuff, like anything you can like protect or it's just a speed to market at this point? Yeah, it's, it's a speed to market thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I was trying to figure that out as well. How many, um, what do you call it? Uh, users, downloads? I don't know how you rate your, how do you grade yourself? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're just, uh, just over a hundred thousand. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, I was a hundred thousand and one cause I downloaded my study. <laughs> I'll tell my wife about it when she gets home too. She'll probably like it as well. So your pre-revenue, how are you paying yourself? You, you're living off of the investment cash right now or you, or you just went without salary. You mind, you, you want to share that with the group? 
I'm not taking a salary myself, but, uh, but yeah, we do have a team and, and uh, we're paying them and that's paid for from our investment funds. Um, we, we run a pretty tight ship, so, you know, we're not spending extravagantly. Um, oh, I, I, first of all, I totally respect that. So you basically, you've told your investors, hey, whatever money you get, I'm just trying to get this thing off the ground. I'll pay my people. I'm not even going to take a salary for right now. Let's just get this thing off the ground. Mm-hmm. I'm sure your girlfriend loves the fact that you're not bringing any money right now. <laughs> You tell her like, hey, I'm going to start this company. And she's like, oh, well, that's, that's great. How much does that pay? Well, nothing, but it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, the joy of being in a startup. The joy. Hey, I've lived it, bro. I, I know. Totally <laughs> what you, I, I, I understand completely. Uh, well, okay. All right. So you're sacrificing right now, personally, obviously, for the team and for the investors. Um, when do you, uh, what, what are you targeting? Did you already answer that and I missed it? Or what are you, when are you targeting revenue? Next year? Certainly next year, yeah. Yeah, but our big focus right now is um, user growth and, yep. and to achieve that, um, most likely doing some partnerships with some existing brands. Um, so that's, that's kind of our big focus at the moment. Um, so. Okay, very good. How many employees? Uh, we have four full-time at the moment. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Let me ask you a little bit, uh, just a couple of questions on that. So culture wise, mm-hmm. what kind of culture does Derek want to build now for his new team out in LA? So let's say you're, you put out a job, whatever it is you want to hire for. Let's say you meet somebody that is, they have the skill set. So let's set that aside. Let's just say they're qualified. What kind of personalities and styles are you looking for in this culture you want to build? Cause now, Here's your chance to build another culture from the ground up, which you did already once at Vista. How do you want to build this one? What are you, what are you looking for? Well, yeah, I think, um, you know, when you, when you have a small team, it's important that everybody is an A player. And um, so, you know, is, is really good at what they do, is passionate about it, committed to um, their work and to the company and, and to what you're trying to achieve. Um, I think we've done a pretty good job so far of, of finding some people like that. Um, and, um, yeah, just, I, I suppose a culture of, um, working together as a team to, uh, to overcome challenges and, and being all in together. Well, it sounds like, uh, somebody was playing ping pong earlier, so it sounds like it's a decent culture so far. <laughs> That's right. Somebody wasn't being passionate enough about their work. <laughs> well, you, you only have, you only have four employees and it takes two to play ping pong and you're, and you're three. So that means there was one guy working. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. You share space right. with another company. So uh, I'm just around that type thing. Uh, No, no, I'm just joking around. Um, do you, now you've interviewed a, and hired even at a young age, cause you're still a pretty young guy, you, but you've already interviewed and hired a bunch in your career. Do you have mm. a, fa- do you have a favorite interview question or two to you, that you'd like to ask? You know, I, I went through a phase of, of oh. kind of having, interesting questions, but now it's really just about assessing whether they're a good fit for the job and for the company. And so I tend to focus on skill-based questions. Um, and then the other stuff is really less about even the question that's being asked and more just kind of feeling them out in terms of how they respond to, how they approach questions and um, whether they'd be a good sort of cultural fit for, um, for our team and that kind of thing. Why did you want to do this? I mean, why, why, why were you just dying to own your own thing? Was that, a, was that, a, was that a bug? Was that an entrepreneurial bug down in your gut for a long time? Why, why'd you want to do this? I think I'm just cursed with this burning desire to, to build things. 
uh, like companies. <laughs> so, right. So as great as it as it was to be uh, an executive at a big company, that wasn't kind of scratching that recurring itch of making something new and building it. You know, yeah, I would I would say that's probably right. I mean, you employee number five, you you helped build Vista from the ground up, and you got it to a safe, secure, cushy kind of place, and then you're like, eh. That's not scary enough for me. I want to build something else. I like that. <laughs> uh, very good. Okay, just a couple more questions here. So, by the way, what's the what's the biggest difference between New Zealand and the U.S. in your opinion, uh, from a food and culture perspective? I know there's a million, but yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what? Just describe for for people that have never been over there. Just give us your your quick take on it. Biggest differences. The biggest difference is that in New Zealand, people would think you're crazy if you dipped your pizza in ranch. And they'd like, <laughs> but here, they think you're crazy if you don't. <laughs> what, what do you mean you don't put ranch in your pizza? You out of your mind? <laughs> that's pretty funny. Oh, no, that, that's good. That's good. A bunch of food differences or, or no? Oh. Um, you know, I mean, I think both countries are fairly sort of like um, fusioned these days in terms of the, the types oh, of restaurants that there are around. Um, but, um, you know, New Zealand's a, an island nation, so there's a lot of great seafood. Um, I you, see. You get that here as well, so. Are people friendlier there or in, or in LA? Ah, the great debate. I, I think people are pretty friendly in both places, to be honest. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's, a safe, that's a safe answer, Derek. That's a safe answer. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to try to, yeah, I was going to try to box you in there a little bit, but you're not going for it. Okay. All right. Um, so at this stage, um, now where you're at, Mm -hmm. You've had a great career already, but I mean, congratulations on seriously on everything you did at Vista and having the, the the guts to step out and start something like you're doing at Stardust and take no salary and put a bunch of put your I'm guessing you put a bunch of your own money in it in it as well. Mm -hmm. I'm just assuming. Sure. Yep. Um, so ballsy move, my friend. So I uh, kudos. Um, but at this stage, when you look back, um, if you could call your 21 year old self, I'm guessing you were. I don't know, somewhere 2021 coming out of Auckland. If you could call that young man and tell him anything today, what, what would you tell him? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, read more books. Really? Mm. Oh, I don't know. Maybe listen to my parents a little bit more. Because uh, when you get older, that you realize that a lot of the stuff they're telling you actually made sense. You just feel <laughs> it. <laughs> your your dad your your mom and dad are gonna love that when you share this podcast with them. Probably. They're gonna they're gonna like they're gonna like it. Now, are you gonna hire your brothers? By the way, are you gonna bring any family members on or no? Well, both of my brothers have their own tech companies. So uh, oh, they they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So okay. So they're entrepreneurs too. Mm, yep. Yeah. My older brother's been running his company for a while now. Um, he's currently living in Canada, setting up their office there. Um, you guys like risk. You, 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 you the brothers. You, you guys like a little risk going on. You got you to you you keep it exciting. Needs to run my family. <laughs> well, okay, very cool. What I got one more question for you. One more good one here. Mm -hmm. So, if you had to define your core purpose in a sentence or two, and I didn't let don't 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 give me the oh I want to make the world a better place or some cheesy like that. Come on now, like go a little deeper. If you had to define your core purpose in life, what would it be? For myself or for Stardust? 
um, maybe you can, you can you can tie them together a little bit if you want to, but really for yourself is what I'm after. You know what? That's a that's a pretty good one because I don't have an answer ready. And that's okay. I, if you... an I, I probably won't have an answer for another fifty years or so. Like I, I think we're all still figuring that out. But um, you know, the the chairman of Vista Group, who's a, a really good guy, um, uses he likes to say at Vista, and, and I borrow this now for Stardust, is that we do good things with good people. I like that. Yeah. By, the, by the way, don't feel bad about not having an answer, because I will tell you that um, I was uh, about to turn 50, and I was having a glass of wine with a buddy of mine on a back porch of his startup. And uh, he asked me that one afternoon. He said, Steve, he said, what's your core purpose, man? And I tried to give one of those answers like, oh, I just, you know, I want to make the world a better, better place or some, something like that, you know? And he, he was like, come on, bro. No, seriously. Like, what's, what's, your, what's your real core purpose? I didn't, I, couldn't, I didn't have an answer either. I drove home that night, Derek. I walked in. My wife was in the kitchen. She's like, what's wrong with you? She, she goes, you, you look upset. And I said, yeah, I'm upset. I'm almost 50 years old. And I don't even know what my core purpose is. <laughs> <laughs> So I seriously, I had to think about it for like two weeks before I called JP back, a friend of mine, and told him. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I think it's a deep question. You'll you can you can talk to your girlfriend about it tonight. You can you can tell her, ask her. By the way, ask her what her core core purpose is. Curious to get her answer. <laughs> I'll let you know if she has a better answer than me. Yeah, for sure. Well, congratulations um, on what you're doing. I really respect it. It takes you know. People don't understand. Have you had, by the way, have you woke up at three o'clock in the morning walking around in a cold sweat yet? Because you're just like, oh shit, what am I doing? Has that happened? Always. Yeah. <laughs> but that's been the same for the last 20 years. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love what you're doing. I really respect it. Well, I, Hey, I, I wish the best for you. Um, I'll be, uh, we'll be watching. Riderflex will be watching you guys grow over there. Um, I'll, I'll get my wife to download the app when she gets home. Great. Sounds good. We'll enjoy it. Can you uh, hang on just a second? I'm going to hit stop on the recording, but don't hang up quite yet. Okay. Thanks so much, Derek, for being on the show. Yeah. Thank you. The Rudderflex podcast features entrepreneurs, business executives, and the stories behind how they got there, as well as daily tips on career advice and job interviews. Our show can be heard just about anywhere these days, but you can visit riderflex.com and click on the podcast page to hear all the previous episodes and learn more about the recruiting and consulting services we provide. Contact us at the email address info at riderflex.com or 888-964-5876. Thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoy our show, please be sure to subscribe to our channel and like the episodes.